Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever works for you guys when you're listening to this. My name is Arvind and welcome to episode number 9 of the Three Man's Own Podcast, where three mans from Toronto give you the hottest takes on the NBA and of course our hometown team, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, what a crazy week, guys. It's been absolutely crazy this week, especially with everything going down in the States. I'm just happy I'm a fan of the league and a bunch of the players were standing up to that kind of atrocity and at that at the end of the day they were not protesters it was pretty much domestic terrorists we need to say that out loud and i'm i'm baffled by it but you know what let's get into the nba news uh just to lighten things up a bit there's a lot been going on in the nba so we'll get into that once again thank you so much for showing us so much love on the podcast our last episode was actually uh our episode that's got the most plays which is great you know uh 30 plays you know, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even though it's got to start somewhere, but it is pretty exciting. So thank you for all the love. Once again, if you're not following us on social media, please do follow us on social media. Our handle is at 3 Zone on Instagram and Twitter, where once again, we have some fun tweets, fun clips, all that fun stuff. So please do give us a follow. So yeah, uh, another week in the NBA, super eventful, and let's get into it with the squad. Sally Sal, what's up, baby? What's going on, boys? What's going on? So much shit going down, both off the court on the court man it's it's what a what a week it's been what a crazy week it's been i mean let's get let's get to it bro let's get to it there's so much there's so much to tackle uh nashy nash what's up what's up up, everybody what's up everybody so all right we're gonna start off with the toronto raptors since we are you know hometown team um just coming off a win now they scored 144 points franchise record from Mm. being one of the worst offensive teams in the league to scoring 144 points what do you guys make of it? Is it an anomaly, or do you actually think they maybe figured something out? Um, yo, this is kind of weird because I think a, an episode ago or two episodes ago, we were talking about how their defense has been really solid. It's just their scoring has been an issue recently. And mm-hmm. um, you look at the last couple of games, going back to kind of the turn of the turn of the year in 2021, against the Pelicans, against the Celtics, against the Suns, and even the Kings, they've given up 120 points every single game. It's somehow flipped. We're scoring 105, 110 points a game, but we're giving up 120 plus every single game. I don't know what's what's happened. I don't know what changes Nick Nurse has made or if it is just a matter of effort, but mm-hmm. we've now re- become one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And scoring has come along decently. I think Siakam's gotten a lot better since we've last talked, right? He's he's his playmaking especially has mm-hmm. been so good. Um but I don't know what's going on now. It's it's our concerns have completely flipped over their heads. Now mm-hmm. scoring isn't an option, and and we can't we can't stop anyone. I mean, the Kings scored 120 on us. What do the Kings even have? I, 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 I'm Ty so confused. Tyrese Burton, baby. Oh yeah, that's a bucket, bro. <laughs> I love that guy. Oh, he's definitely been really good, and we'll, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that very very shortly on how good he really has been. But I I I when when I have no idea what to make of this Raptors team now, I think them improving their scoring is more encouraging in a sense that I think the defense can be improved. We know what the defense can do. Now that we know what the offense can do as well, I think it's just a matter of putting those pieces together, maybe getting the rotation right and um, seeing where that goes. I mean, for me, the last game was very impressive, um, mm-hmm. especially with what the bench was able to do. I mean, I mean, what do you guys think? Is, is Malachi Flynn, does he deserve a spot in the rotation now? Absolutely. I think that was a big difference in the games that we played well. Even the loss against the Suns, I was pretty optimistic. You know, I think I thought they played pretty well and the Suns are probably, at that time, they were the hottest team in the league. So I didn't really look at it as a loss that 
you know, looks bad on us. It was just we were playing one of the best teams in the league at the point, and we lost. And we put up a great fight. Siakam have he seems to have found his groove a bit. You know, he was making decisions much quicker. And you see how much that does for the rest of the team when you know your guy is performing. Norm was hitting shots. Um, Malachi Flynn was playing well. Fred Fred Mamley is probably our best player at this point. Oh yeah, absolutely. Man. He's been he insane. He's been he's like Steph Curry almost, just deep range, all that stuff, right? So all that stuff looks good. But I do think, like, I don't think we're gonna be able to sustain that offense. Let's be real, guys. Like 144 points. Come on, bro. Actually, it's not happen. No way. Counter argument. No way. If you. If you can put Baines and Len in a catapult and just shoot them to the sun, we'll be fine. <laughs> I, sw- I swear to God, those guys were the only reason we've been oh, so man. bad. They, we yeah. just, I think, considering the fact that like they've been so like like having a tough time getting into the offense and stuff, and like defensively, I think that's one of the reasons why we've been giving up so many points. Um, just because everyone has to cover more ground because they're just like so slow, and I feel like. We should play these smaller ball lineups and maybe even start Boucher because I feel like, yo, he, Boucher brings so much energy to the game and it just like pushes the rest of the team as well. And then Siakam as well is becoming more of a playmaker. He's setting people up. This is something I've noticed the past two games where he's been improving in that sense. And we don't need him to like, like we talked about last time, we don't need him to take so many shots, score average 30. He's not that guy. But if you can pass more and just allow the, the whole team to kind of do more offensively, we're better that way. And then also we didn't have Lowry as well, right? So I feel like once he comes back tonight against Golden State, we can kind of see what the offense might actually look like. But I'm yeah. hoping that Nick Nurse understands that just because you signed these two guys to replace Abaka and Gasol doesn't mean you have to play them like that, right? Like sometimes shit does, doesn't work. And I found like the last game he uh, tried to see uh, find different pieces, right? We had... Um, We've been having Stanley Johnson come into the rotation pretty early. Everyone basically played last game, except for Matt Thomas, which I do want to talk about. I don't know why Nick Nurse isn't playing Matt Thomas. Uh, do you guys have a thought on I that? Think it's like defense. He... It's his defense. He's, he pretty much called him out too, right? Saying that yeah. he gives up too many points on the other end. And as good as of a shooter he is, I just feel like there are other players who deserve to be in the rotation. Malachi Flint can eat up those minutes. I'm a big Terrence Davis guy, obviously. Oh, he was really good, um, so yeah. So I think if, they, if they're performing, they obviously are better defenders than Matt Thomas. I like Matt Thomas, don't get me wrong. But to me, he's not a player that if you give him more minutes, he can be that much of a difference maker anyways. So if, if the other guys are playing well, just keep rolling with it. But I like the fact that Nick Nurse is actually going to his bench now. It actually That's our mm-hmm. strength for our team. It always has been. And finally, he, I think he's coming around to that instead of just calling guys out. Which I, I'm not a big fan of just calling out guys like that in the uh, media. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. think it's cool. But if it works, it works. I think um, sh- shooting isn't a concern on this team, right? I mean, mm-hmm. OG can kind of shoot it. Fred can shoot it. Norm Powell has gotten so much better in the last couple of years. And even off the bench, uh, Terrence Davis is a bit of a shooter. Shooting isn't a concern. So maybe that's why what he brings to the table isn't what they need right now. I still don't like Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson has getting, been getting a lot of run. I still don't think he's that good. I'd rather play Matt Thomas than Stanley Johnson, to be exactly. honest. Exactly. I mean, they, yeah, they, scored, they scored 144 points, and somehow Stanley Johnson still managed to score zero. So I, 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 don't, I don't know why he's getting so much run, but uh, Stanley Johnson is that one guy I think he needs, he needs to get out. Um, mm-hmm. at, at least, you know, get, get, get a specialist in there who can do one thing well mm-hmm. instead of Stanley Johnson who just does nothing well. Alex Len is another guy I... He's not built for this NBA. He's not built for the modern day NBA. I think he only started to match up against Whiteside. He's like a value brand JV. <laughs> oh, like dude, that's, that's, great. even that. You know, he's like but a like, G League yeah. player to me, man. Yeah, it, honestly, it, I've Aaron, never been a big fan of Alex. Lynn. 
Aaron Baines at least offers something, right? He can kind of stretch the floor a little bit. He's a good screen setter and, and, and hustles well, rebounds well, whatever. Even when he's not scoring, he can provide value to the team. Has um, a nice beard. I think fantastic beard. Intimidation fantastic factor. Beard. You know, His beard is the factor. only good thing about that it. That counts. That counts. It's like, yo, if it was blowing in the wind and stuff, it'd be like a Bollywood movie, bro. It's... I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying he's a great player, but I'm saying you, I can I can see why he deserves a space on the roster. He, Alex Len, I can't find a reason. I can't find any good reason to put Alex Len on this team. I think Chris Boucher should start. Maybe. I don't know. 100, I think he's, 100%, bro. He's, he's just like, it's un, un, undubitably true that he should be starting. <laughs> I don't know. Is that how you His... say that word? Indubitably. Kawhi says it like that, so we'll stick to it. So. Yeah. In, oh, indubitably. It's indubitably. Indubitably. Yes. <laughs> Yo, Chris Boucher's third, uh, per 36 stats are insane. Like, it's right. like 25 and 12, three blocks. And it's more than just the stats, man. Like, we watch these games. Like, he does, you can just visually see him. He's not afraid to take his shots. He's aggressive. Yeah. He gets those offensive rebounds. And one thing he does better than, like, uh, Baines especially is he knows how to catch the ball in the, in the post. Like, Baines, like, flubs so many passes, easy passes from Siakam and all that. Boucher always seems to catch him, and he can always finish. And he'll always get fouled, too. So he goes to the free throw line a lot for a player of his caliber. So the only thing you can say against him is, yeah, he's not a big guy, right? He can't defend Embiid's or Jokic's or whatever, these bigger guys, or Cat. But, I mean, give him that shot, man. Like, he deserves to kind of, like, learn against how to play these guys. Because I feel like he is a... He could potentially be a starting center or power forward in the league. I just want him to get more minutes consistently because you can't have him play 28 minutes one night and then eight minutes the next day and all this stuff. Like, give him more consistent minutes, man. He's been like a bright spot on the team. Yeah, and I think that falls on Nick Nurse. If you're the coach of the team, your job is to maximize the players you have on the roster, Mm -hmm. right? Not have a system and try and fit in pieces where the players really aren't performing. So I think Nick Nurse really has to be... Look at it and say, okay, these are my best players. Chris Boucher is playing well. What can I do to get him on the floor? Like, what tweak should I make? Because, like you said, I love the fact that he's not afraid to take his shots. He missed three mm-hmm. sh- three threes, but if he's open, he's taking it, and you have exactly. to. And most mm-hmm. of the time, he makes it that fourth time. So I love that guy. He's fearless. He plays defense. He's lanky. You know, he can finish at the rim. He has good hands. So yeah, th- there are some bright spots with this Toronto team. But I do want to say this. I know we score 144 points, but guys, it's the Kings. Like, let's all just it's take a, a step it's back. It's the Kings, yeah. It's the Kings, right? Like, they're not a defensive yeah. team. They're, they've are they been in that struggle to get into the playoffs for a long time. So I wouldn't look too much into this game saying that, oh, our offensive, we've turned a corner or anything like that. We had a great game against a terrible team. And this was mm-hmm. a must-win for me. If we lost mm-hmm. against the King, it would have been mayhem, pandemonium. We would've, I would have sure. lost my shit. Shit would have been really sad. But I'm not going to look too much into it concerning it's the Kings. But there's some positive signs. Siakam looks back to himself, which I'm really happy about. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're headed in the right direction. They've fixed their scoring issues, even if they have regressed on the defensive end. It's going in the right direction. But remember, this is a shortened season, right? We're not playing 82 games this year. These games matter more and more and more, a little bit more than they did in the years past. So every yeah, there is time for them to improve, and there is time for them to turn it around and still, you know, contest for the playoffs it's still very early in the season only 10 get 10 or 10 11 games in mm-hmm. it's it's still very early but the, the the time is now the time is now for them to put it together this remember the this is still a championship roster team these are guys who have that experience it's a coaching staff that has that experience so they, they got to turn around soon because if if we roll over to about february to that all-star break and 
they're still hanging around that 10th 11th seed it's going to get really really tough especially when everyone in the east is overperforming and doing better than what most of us expected the knicks ah. the knicks bro uh, what uh, julius randall like lebron bro <laughs> what oh yeah my God. but like i personally think if if Masai is serious about the team competing this year we have way too many guards. He needs to make a trade and get like another center that's actually can play in this like league today. Like not a Baines, not a Lens, someone more mobile that can actually run and space the floor more consistently. Just because obviously they're if you're gonna compete, you can't have like Boucher against Embiid. Like I said, you need somebody there to kind of match up, and you can bring Boucher off the bench. But I don't see how this team can remain competitive and think that they can win maybe a round or two in the playoffs without a proper center because that's one thing and just there's too many guards if you have a guy like matt thomas who i think given an opportunity on a different team would be really really good like a jj reddick mold if you have these guys and you're not playing them trade someone trade a davis trade a matt thomas or tra- like there's too many guards on the team look at the roster like we have nobody no big guys and the big guys we have are shite <laughs> you know you know what's one really one thing that tells a lot about a team is is I was I was I was on a, I think the Celtics subreddit or someone, and they were talking about how Raptors are a team that they want to play in the first round. we've we've come to a point where people still expect us to get into the playoffs, but once we're there, they it's like oh let's try to get to like the third seed, maybe even instead of the second seed, f- drop down just so you can play the Raptors. We might be higher mm-hmm. than some of the teams below us, but people think we're weak. Right, and that's mm. what the Raptors have regressed to at that point. And I think we were kind of like that before as well, right? In the DeRozan era, people didn't really take us seriously, and yeah. and that's that needs to change. I thought that would change with them winning a championship, but the way they're performing this year, that that stigma has come back, and that that's you know you don't want to be in that position. We want to be the opposite. I think Pacers are the opposite. They they might not have, you know, they might not be the first or second seed, but that's a team people probably want to avoid. Right, mm-hmm. that's the type of team that you want to be, and I think, um, I think trades are going to be difficult. I mean, when you talk about trading for like a starting quality big man, I mean, who's the odd guy out? I can I guess it's Norman Powell. He's the one who'd have to be shipped out in yeah. order to make and this he, work. He's a free agent this year too, right? So he, I'm glad that he's playing really well, maximizes value because I could easily take away, throw away Powell in a trade, and then just play Terrence Davis more, play Matt Thomas more. I like not that. like Powell. Powell gives you so much more on defense than either of those two guys. And I like, I really like Terrence Davis. If you give him more minutes and have him grow offensively as a player, I think he can be a solid like replacement for Powell at the very least. I actually I think completely it's... disagree with you guys on this, bro. I, like, mm, I think what? Norman Powell has been one of our better performers. He's been actually providing us some scoring punch. And that's look, look at his game log. I, like, I, I, like <laughs> statistics-wise, maybe, but I'm saying from what I'm seeing, he's somebody yeah. who still comes and gives gives us that scoring punch, and it's somebody the defense still has to respect from that range. Who can he and he's a member of that championship team. Another thing I want to say, I feel like we need to forget that. Okay, we won a championship two years ago. We have that DNA. We we're gonna play hard. That's gonna happen. But we're not that team. You know what I mean? The oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. Like, yeah, in in sure, terms of sure. like, like we of course we're gonna play hard. All that, but it's just we have to look mm-hmm. at it from a different perspective. Like we are kind of in a we're not in a full rebuild, but we're not like an upper echelon team. So we're kind of in the middle, mm-hmm. and I think we need to pivot into something very fast. Yeah, moving forward. I mean, we weren't going to be that team, like, unless we have, like, another number one guy, right? Siakam's not yeah. that guy, right? Once Leonard yeah. left, we weren't that team anymore, right? So um, now it just comes down to, like, I don't know what you guys think. 
do you want to see this team start to compete more, maybe go into the playoffs, be a first-round exit or a second-round exit? Or do you want to see this team, you know, just grow and develop the younger guys? Don't worry about where you end up. Maybe get a nice draft pick. Maybe get a Cade Cunningham or something like that. <laughs> um, which, sucks. Yeah, which direction what? do you want to see the team going? Logically speaking, right? Well, actually, uh, hold on. I want to go back to the whole Norman Powell thing. I think he, he, I'm not saying he hasn't been good. He's been great. I, I do want him to stay, but I think if there's a trade to make, I think he's the guy that ends up being the odd one out who gets traded away because he's playing so well. If, if there and was it, to be a trade and his salary, because you could actually match salaries with his contract. Yeah. Yeah, it, Davis, yeah. It just works out, right? It's either him or it's Lowry. Those are the only two guys that you. That, that and Stanley Johnson. Tradable assets. Fuck Stanley Johnson. Because he actually to... has, he's, he's making 5 million. So that's why Nurse is playing him more. I guarantee you, just to see, get his, his trade value higher. <laughs> We'd have to slap on a pick oh. with him just for someone to take him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bad deal. But, but, but um, look, look, I don't think we're, I, I don't think a trade really helps because I don't think a player is going to do anything much for us. Like, mm-hmm. I think best case scenario for us is a second round exit in the playoffs, right? Yep. I, I really don't see us going much further than a second round. Conference finals just seems so far out of reach right now, right? No. So no. so what does that leave us with? I don't think a trade makes sense anymore because you might be sacrificing a little too much just to not really raise your ceiling much at all anyways, right? So mm-hmm. uh, trade doesn't make sense to me. That leaves us with, do we just... Are we okay with a first round exit every year and but still be a playoff team? Or do we wanna go back to the days of old where we lose every day, every night, we watch oh fucking God. Linus Klaza shoot fourteen shots a game and, and I pray and to God we never go back and, to that. That was <laughs> that's what weaves, I'm saying, baby. right? Look, look, look. We we oh know what that feels like. It's not like we're the Spurs and Spurs have never known what it's like to lose. We know what that's like. We know how much that sucked. We we bro, every playoffs and not having a team to root for, that sucked, right? Look, even if we're getting booted in the first round, I'll take it, man. I want to be known as a winning team, to be known as mm. a winning franchise, and just to watch playoff basketball. To have to to have a team that we can root for in the playoffs is just so much fun, and I will hold yep. on to that as long as I mm-hmm. can. Even if even if I know we're not a championship contender, if we get two or three more years of this, I'll take it. I, I yo, bro, again, I completely disagree with that, bro. What's the point of being a playoff team getting bounced in the first round? What's the fun in that? Like, we're mm-hmm. a doormat to every other team who's going to win a championship. We're just going to be the team everyone wants to play so we get kicked out. Fuck that. We already want a chip. We're that championship team. I, so, for me, there's three ways you can get talent, right? You trade, you sign a free agent, or you build through the draft. We don't have the pieces to trade for a main guy. We have Siakam and stuff, but I don't know if his stock is that high anymore, where we can get a James Harden. Free agency signings has never been Toronto's MO. We've never went out and signed a big-name free agent, like the biggest fish in the sea. We've never done that. So the only logical way we can get a generational talent is the draft, right? Mm -hmm. And I understand, of course, being a bad team hurts. And yes, we've been through that. But I believe in this front front office. My thing is the most important free agent we have is Masai. We need to sign him, Bobby Webster. If if we sign him, we're fine. I don't care if they decide to tank, build some picks. Because we have a great track track record with one, the draft picks we have and our development program. So Mm -hmm. now if we're, if we get a high enough pick, Someone who has promised, they're going to deliver, right? Mm-hmm. I believe in the front office so much. And I know we're not at the Spurs level, but I feel like if there's any organization that has a respect of the league for developing players, 
being that championship caliber, it's us now. So we need to kind of find a way. Because think about it. If we do get that guy, like that generational talent, we have a great core because Siakam's locked in. Van Vliet's locked in. They're still young. They're championship guys. They know what it takes to win. And you add another talent who's going to change the league. Okay, maybe not mm-hmm. that high, but somebody yeah. who's, who has real potential. We're going to be back in the mix again. So here's a question for you, Arvin. Since you want to do the go the rebuilding route, would you trade Lowry then this season? He's a free agent. Would you he go must. trade him, get another first-round pick, get another young player? You'd have to then, right? You must, you must, you must. I, I, I yeah. would say depending on how bad the season goes. If we're continually having bad results, I think it would be better for Lowry too if he wants to win another ring. Yeah, trade him 100%. somewhere where he wants to win a ring, clear up some space, get some picks. And we would have to. I think that w- that's what would be the best for the organization. And it wouldn't be mm-hmm. one of those trades where the fans are hurt or the players hurt. No, Everyone it'd be mutual. Everyone what's going on, right? The player would be like, I'd be okay, hurt. this is... I, I would be, but you know what? At it's the end Lowry, of the day, man. it wraps over yeah. anybody. You know, it's all Look, if, 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 if he ends up going to the Lakers or Philly or something and ends up winning a title, I'd be, I'd be so yeah. happy. If, if he goes to Philly yeah. and wins a title there, I'd be so happy for him, right? Like his church is going to be retired. Like it will, there would be no hard feelings. I Nothing don't want to like see that. him in Philly, though. I don't want to see him in Philly, though. Fuck that. Fuck Philly. I, do, I don't He's from Philly. Honestly, I wouldn't mind Philly. Philly. Yeah. He, as a fan of Kyle Lowry, separating myself from the Raptors, yeah. I, I, I would be at peace with him going there. If any other scenario, someone went to Philly and won a title there in our own as a division rival, I'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. Larry yeah. is a bit different. But going back to Arvin's point, look, Arv, I don't disagree with you there. Logically speaking, it, it makes 100% sense to commit to it, right? Like if you're going to rebuild, commit to the rebuild. The What I was arguing for was just push back the rebuild a little bit. Let me... Let me enjoy. Let me savor this a yeah, little I, bit, I you know. But yeah, again, I get that. but again, okay. but again, that I, I understand. That doesn't make sense because you're wasting Fred VanVleet's contract. You're wasting wasting yeah. Siakam's contract. Look, for the most part, I do agree with you. I just don't know if Masai is the type of guy to completely want to tank. I think the way he's built is like let's keep trying to win as long as we can win. Uh, you if going even to the Denver Nuggets. Um, Denver Nuggets lost Carmelo Anthony and and Chauncey Billups and all those guys. That's where Masai came in. He never tanked. He ended up reconstructing that roster into a 50-win team. And uh-huh. and Ty Lawson ended up getting a big contract out of that. And Kenneth Freed got a big contract out of that. Like, Gallo he's was that always, too, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. in the mindset of we will win no matter what. Right? I don't think he's built the tank. He's he's it, it, The guy doesn't lose in anything in life. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, really, like, right? He's just, he's just not built that way. So, I think logically it makes sense. I'm not saying he won't do it. I just have never seen Masai go the tanking route. So I can't, I don't expect him to do it in the next year or two. I think if it does happen, he will run out some of these guys' contracts and then, mm-hmm. and then kind of wind down after that. I don't think if if we're doing a rebuild, I don't think he he's here to stay. He wouldn't stay through that. That's my personal opinion on it. Like you, you're right. He's you're the right, guy. You're he, right, wants, you're he, right. he wants to win. He wants to win. I feel like if he'll do anything, if we're not struggling, he'll go out and try to get pieces to like start stay competitive, or even maybe somehow miraculously pull off a trade for a number one guy like a Harden, right? Um, but yeah, he's definitely not the type. And because him and uh, Bobby Webster don't have any extensions right now, he, you're right, Arvin. I think Arvin's the one that said that like, he's, he's the biggest free agent. Because um, I mean, like end of the day, if we do not re-sign Masai who knows what direction we head in it really depends on the next president that comes in honestly that guy could come in and be like you know what i don't like the team i don't see a number one guy complete rebuild 
right? And we have no choice to do that. So I feel like this is a really this 10 20 game stretch now is really going to decide into like what Masai what direction Masai goes in and if Masai is here to stay. So it I think it's really important that we just start to like play better as a team and just Nick Nurse put all the cards on the table and just do who doesn't matter how much this guy's getting paid or if we just sign this guy play the guys that you know are going to make this team competitive and you know maybe win more games. That's what I think. Like my thing is like, I understand Masai is not somebody to willingly tank. If anything, I think we should just shift our focus to playing young players who have potential. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like, we mm -hmm. shouldn't be willfully trying to tank, but play guys like Malachi Flynn. Give him minutes because there's potential. Yeah. yeah. Like, instead of playing older guys where there's no potential just because they're a stopgap, I think that's something we should get away from. But honestly, man, I don't want to think of a post-Masai raps, bro. That's giving me, like, no anxiety one does. right now, bro. No one no. does. Yeah. Holy. Bro, that's going to be so bad. It's, no. I think, I think I don't think about it because maybe because like, you know, you, you don't want to like, you, you don't even want to think about that, right? Like, don't even consider that scenario. But unfortunately, he probably is the most in-demand front office individual in the whole league. I know there was interest oh, with the Knicks uh, last year or the year before the Knicks wanted him. Um, Knicks so, so year, bro. I mean, yeah, I, I, can't, I don't blame him, right? And they got the money to pay him too, right? That's, that's the scary thing mm -hmm. that that organization has the money to give a raise or over whatever MLSE can offer. So th that's the scary thing. I think we're looking, we're coming to a point where Masai feels like he did his job and he yeah. has, right? Like he, he he's done more than that. And he mm -hmm. might feel like I want a different challenge. I think he just looks at teams and it's like, you guys suck. I'm going to come there and fix you. He went to Denver. It's like, oh, everyone thinks you're shit. I'm going to make you into a playoff team. A 51 playoff team oh raptors can't get over lebron all right i'm gonna come there let me, let me fix everything for you guys right he might look at the knicks as the next challenge he might look as washington as the next challenge and 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 it's very realistic he could move on unfortunately and that again that's a good point nash that will dictate where the raptors go and what yeah. happens with the front office is gonna is gonna really push what happens with the rest of the organization Man, the anxiety I feel right now thinking about that. I know, I know, <laughs> Yo, dude. If he, if, if he if he brought the Knicks the title, man, he would be considered a god. Like honestly, I feel oh like he could, he's a type that could do it. Um, but my only thing is like if it, if it's not the NBA, he has more stuff that he could do outside, like stuff for the basketball in Africa and stuff like that. I've right. heard stuff that he's That's big part of that, right? Yeah. So I mean, that could be an, uh, a route for him to take. But um, yeah, this is gonna be important. We'll see what the season looks like. But yeah, we gotta like, we gotta keep Masai, man. Please. <laughs> we're still gonna be thinking about 2019. We were champs two years I, ago. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> yo, remember, remember when we were at the parade, Arvin? You went and you were running up to Masai's thing to like, I think yeah, you wanted like a handshake yeah. or something. Did you get yeah, that? I he forgot. Shook, he shook my hand. He shook my hand. Yeah. Uh, I have a picture respect. with Masai, man. Yeah, that's. It's one of my most prized possessions now. I don't have anything. <laughs> So, I got a picture of Masai at the 905 parade of all things. <laughs> and you, I jacked Nash's picture for my Insta post. <laughs> With the Lowry one? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that picture was, was fire like, though, was, man. I was like, it was such a fire picture. I'm like, Yo, I yeah. need to use it, bro. I, I love Whatever. it still. I give, I oh, give the, the one at the edge of, edge of the bus where he's standing at the edge yeah. of the bus? Wow, bro. That's yeah. such a sick picture. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so another big thing that hit the NBA this week 
um, was COVID. I think we all kind of expected this to happen. We had a couple yeah. of COVID infractions here and there, little contact tracing, um, suspensions and stuff like that. A couple of guys on the Houston Rockets didn't play earlier uh, this month. But now we, we had the most probably significant uh, COVID issue that's hit um, the NBA. And that happened with uh, the Wizards and the Celtics, right? So recently, mm-hmm. because of contact tracing, um, pretty much half the the Wizards lineup was out uh half the Celtics lineup was out um the Philadelphia 76ers only had like eight guys eligible to be on their roster I mean they were this close to having their game suspended as well I mean yeah I think we kind of figured this would happen it was a matter of when not Mm -hmm. if and and it's really causing havoc in the league right now it's causing havoc to my fantasy team as well not to mention but Mm -hmm. I mean I mean this is kind of world bro yeah dude I mean uh we're we're almost a year in now, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. It's crazy. I think I think when we when the NBA th- tried to do this model of doing this outside the bubble, um, they were gonna run into these problems. I I think until they get the vaccine, we're gonna have a lot of these DNPs COVID. Right? I mean, um, well, I mean, what do you what do you guys think? Like, how, how does the league even I mean, circumvent these issues? I it's hard, man. But I feel like this is the only way this season could have happened. I don't think the players would have agreed to a bubble for 72 games. Absolutely no not. That would have been so hard. And like, these guys have fans, right? Like they want to be able to you know, do all this stuff. And I mean, I think this is also a reason why the Raptors have been so bad. It's the fact they don't play in Toronto, man. They're always on the nice. road. And nice. that's huge, right? On the players' morale, not being at home, all these different types of things. And mm-hmm. I think um, it's either you just deal with it for the re- rest of the season or you suspend the season and wait for everyone to get vaccinated or something like that. But I don't think that's going to happen. NBA needs to make money. You know, these teams need to make money. Um, so I think it's just like, hey, try your best to, you know, not, you know, uh, and run into this uh, happening with your team. But then the biggest issue is just the playoffs. If you're in the playoffs, at that point, do you consider a bubble? Because uh, if you don't, if something like this happens, you have your star player out for the, the series, and all of a sudden there's an upset and an eighth seed gets all the way to the finals, could potentially happen, something like that. I don't know. It's it's really this is a new circumstance that the league's been in. We're all in. I really don't know what what the best scenario is around this. Um, but it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting to say the least. I just think if if possible, if we can have a bubble, we should. And I know the players don't want to do it, but there's a Stephen Adams clip where the, the the reporter asked him, "Oh, how hard is it to be in the bubble?" And I love Stephen Adams' response, bro. He's like, "Yo, this is not Syria. We're living in a resort. Mm-hmm. It's fine." Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's all it is. I understand. Okay, yes, you're away from your family and your loved ones, and it's going to be tough. But if I'm getting paid to do this, and this mm-hmm. is the safest to keep your family safe, so you don't catch COVID, spread it to other people, and you have to perform, if if a bubble's a possibility, I think they should just do it, man. Um, just because it's, it's one, you know, it ensures that players can play and stay on the court for all of us, right, to watch the games, and also for safety. That's the safest way to do it. If a bubble's a possibility, I'm all for it. I, I agree 100%. I think bubble is the only way, you know, besides obviously vaccination, bubble is the only way you can kind of circumvent this problem. Um, I think the Players Union and the NBA owners had discussions about this at the start of the season. And I think the bubble for the regular season was completely off the books, unfortunately. Although that's the only way it happens. I just, uh, I, I, I think the league is more likely to be suspended before they go to a regular season bubble, which which really does suck. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's going to have really serious 
implications for the rest of the season. I mean, uh, I think Jason Tatum was out for 14 days. 14 days, yeah. 14 yeah. days, 14 days, right? That's two weeks. That's about anywhere from five to seven games for the Boston mm-hmm. Celtics. That's J- not having Jason Tatum for seven games is going to have a huge impact on where you're where you rank in the NBA standings come to the end of the season, right? And this is, I mean, we're only 10 games in. Who knows how many infractions and suspensions and whatnot we're going to have for the rest of the season. So uh, this is kind of kind of messing up the sports betting world as well because I know uh, mm-hmm. One of my friends wanted to put some money on the Celtics, and you literally couldn't even bet on the game. The game was going you know, on. I'm kind of glad he, that like he can't bet anymore because his bets suck anyway. So yeah, I mean he <laughs> he he helped himself to not lose money. Shout out shout out exactly. to Boyvard who. Respects. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, look, you couldn't even bet on a game that was actually happening because of how uncertain everything around it was. Was it going to get suspended? Who else is going to yeah. get pulled out of the game? No one knows. And that's going to have such a big impact on the final standings, on home games and away games for the playoffs. And, and it's 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 really crazy. Look, at the worst case, we got to do what we did last year, play out the rest of the season. But there is no way you can do this in the playoffs. If someone gets test positive during the playoffs and you're out for two weeks, you're out the whole series. If Jason Tatum is yep. out the whole series, that's it for the Celtics, right? So th- there's no way they can go on with that. I think you have to, you absolutely have to end the season with a bubble. I think you you play the last maybe four or five, kind, kind of like what they did, right, last season? Maybe play the last four or five games within the bubble and quickly transition into the playoffs. Me personally, I like it. I know the whole no fans thing sucks, but I think it's a very fair way of watching two teams compete. It's neutral ground. Mm-hmm. You can't say, oh, home this, mm-hmm. away that. Oh, you can't say, oh, Portland had to travel all the way to Texas and they were, you know, no travel, no nothing. It's Everyone's pure staying at the same hotel. Pure it's pure basketball. No biases, no no anything. So really the best team does win. That That's at least how I feel. I know other people feel a complete opposite way, but I like mm-hmm. the bubble system. So I think for the playoffs and for the NBA Finals, gotta, gotta do a bubble. Gotta do a bubble. Yeah. And another thing, so Jason Tatum, like he had to quarantine. Just because he was in contact with Bradley Beal, he has to quarantine now too. So it's a ripple mm-hmm. effect, right? Right. Yep. Just because they come, they face another team, now these people have to quarantine. So that takes out two teams out of contention. And let me say this, the Wizards need Bradley fucking oh my Beal, God. bro. Like... This guy can score 60, 70, and they still fucking lose. It's it's, it's they don't ridiculous. need him. I, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose anyways. <laughs> I mean, whether he has eighty, whether he has zero, they're gonna lose. <laughs> that, that, that if you look at it that way, that's true. But how do you lose when you have a guy scoring sixty, bro? It's no D, no D. That, he admitted that. Oh my god. He's like he's like we our team. What did he say? Do you remember the quote? We, yeah, he, he they said, can't, we can't guard they can't a parked car. Parked car. Yeah, but that's facts. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, dude. <laughs> like I've been watching a lot of the Wizards because I'm a big Bradley Beal fan. Yeah. It's like what's so frustrating is that the first three quarters they don't care. They don't care. They're just standing around. It's like a layup line. Everyone's just laying up. Bradley mm. Beal starts going off, and then they're like, "Yo, we actually have a shot to winning this game." Then they start actually playing defense, and they're good. That's they're good. Ish Smith is coming off the bench. He makes buckets. They all start locking down. This effort needs to come from the start, and they'd be a fun team to watch. But yeah, like going back to the whole point about COVID, this affects. Everybody, and yeah. yeah, shout out to Bradley Beal for 60 points. All the points you've been scoring. We love you as NBA fans, bro. You're killing it, man. Respect. Hey, hey, bro. Someone else scored 60 points. Oh. oh we, so, we, so, so, we, someone, else had a, someone else had a big We We're we, we going to talk about the GOAT? 
most overrated <laughs> player in the league. Yeah. Wait, hold yeah, on. Yo, don't, bro. You know what, bro? Uh, don't yeah, get me I'm, off, I'm, bro. I'm, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you, bro. Bro, don't I'm, get bro, you off, bro. <laughs> I'll get, bro, I'll get you. I'll get you off, man. <laughs> I mean, set me up. Set no, me no, up. Don't that, set me up. No, no, no it's homo, been done. No it's been done. And it's been done yeah. before. <laughs> oh my god. Ayo, cut. Ayo, cut that. Ayo, cut that. Ayo, cut that. Cut that. We'll Instagram that part. We'll Instagram that part. That's hilarious. But see, my my thing, my thing with this whole situation, right? As a Steph Curry fan, the first two. The first two games, everyone's already talking. Oh, man is washed. Oh, he needs his team. Blah blah blah. Wizard, like, oh, the Warriors suck. And then he starts. He faces the guy everyone says is better than him, Dame Lillard. Oh, Dame's a better point guard than Steph. And this guy drops sixty-two on his fucking head, bro. Sixty-two points, and it wasn't just three pointers. Usually, Curry, you know, he has a quarter where he hits like eight threes and everyone goes off. He actually was like driving in the paint, kicking out. Floaters. It was a complete package, and ever since then, he's been putting up MVP numbers, bro. I'm tired of the disrespect I'm hearing about this guy. I am so effing tired, bro. It like I was so relieved. Go that off. Game. I was watching. Go that off, game. Arvin. Go, bro, I was going crazy in my room. I'm like, yo, finally, tell all these haters to shut the fuck up. This guy is a generational talent, probably the second greatest point guard of all time. He has changed mm-hmm. not only NBA basketball but basketball the way it's played in general. There was a narrative before that jump shooting teams cannot win. He changed that single-handedly. A 6'2 guy who's not athletic, who changed the fucking game. Show him his damn respect, bro. And off the court, he's the greatest dude ever. He's like the Tim Duncan of leaders. Bro, he's a fucking legendary player. Show him his damn respect. I don't know what else more he can do. Steph Curry's fucking phenomenal. I hope he wins MVP. Fuck all the haters, bro. Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody, bro. I'm tired, bro. All right, I'm tired, bro. I gotta say one thing. I gotta say one thing, right? There's some things I disagree with, some things I agree with. One thing I completely disagree with is anyone. Look, as as a self-proclaimed former Steph Curry hater, right? Anyone who ever said Damian Lillard is better than Steph Curry, either either previously, right now, or in the future, at any point in his career, if they said Damian Lillard was better than Steph Curry, they're all idiots. I'm sorry. There, there is, there is, there is no, no, no place in the world where Damian Lillard was better than Steph Curry besides when he was injured. Fine. But no, no, mm-hmm. Steph Curry is, is, is way better. I mean, Steph Curry is better defensively than Damian Lillard. What the hell? No, mm-hmm. no, I, I'm, I'm not having that either. But look, look, at the start of the season, when we we're doing our preseason rankings, uh, look, I like the Golden State Warriors, and I, I was big on Steph Curry this year. He was my pick to win MVP this year. I thought Golden State was going to finish in the top three, top four, and this dude was going to have like an out-of-the-world season, and, and he's having it, man. What's he averaging this? I think he's averaging about 30 points per game. <laughs> I, yeah. I, think the rest, I think the rest of the team hasn't performed kind of like what we expect them to do. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Which, uh, well, I know... I know <laughs> I know we just saw Arvin go on a, a rant. Uh, we're going to allow Nash to have his own segment at the end of the show about uh, Thank you. Appreciate people it. not performing to his... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Curry's averaging 30 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists. And, and, and they're winning games on and a team that, honestly, games, on a team that's heavily underperforming. Wiggins, mm-hmm. kind of, he's all right. There's this other 
cute, cute guy who's who's been really bad. Dray- Draymond. He's not Green cute anymore. Been... He's not cute anymore. Well, think, he's the ugliest think, player on that team. Be, I, I think he should be the Lord, like the Voldemort of our show. Like he who must not be named. Can't, can't say his name. Can't say his name. Okay. His name. All right. All right. All right. Facts. He, can't right. Say, can't say his name. He's the Voldemort look, of our show. Look, this team. This team. Honestly, it sucks. Dr- Draymond Green has been posting constant triple singles. Consistent. Consistent. Hey, I will say this: He is the most impactful triple single guy this league has ever seen. Yeah, no That's doubt, it. no doubt. I, I don't want to really disrespect is. him. Really For that is. team, he's. We know how important he is, right? I'm not going to disrespect yeah. him that way, but they need a little bit more. You know, right now they need. He Curry needs some help on the offensive end. He needs a little bit more of a scoring punch from someone, and he is carrying them to wins right now. And against tough opponents, against playoff opponents. Mm-hmm. So look, look um, Curry to me has been exactly what I thought he would be. He's showing everyone why he is the greatest point guard of all time. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Dude. I, bro, I don't. That's an argument now, bro. I don't even care. I, don't I think care. I think it is. I, it it's it's. Uh, look, I'm not gonna go say some stupid thing like. He's the second greatest player of all time. I don't know. I think some some idiot said that earlier, but I said second um, greatest point guard, bro. Oh, you said point guard. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. All right sorry, I what? thought I thought you said the greatest player of all time. I was no, like, no, no, what no, are no. you talking about, bro? All right, all right, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's top like, three. He, <laughs> no, <I'm joking>. he's, <laughs> he is either one or two in the greatest point guards of all time, Easy. which is unbelievable, right? And who's the other in, one? In Magic. Magic Johnson. Okay, magic. You guys are magic. Yeah, it's it's him or magic. It's him or magic, and they're very different players. But anyway, that's a different argument. But look, his impact is is you can't deny it anymore. I mean, the dude is is putting on a show. I wish I had him on fantasy. That's all I'm saying. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I wish I had him on fantasy because <laughs> the numbers he's putting up is unbelievable. Can you imagine if if Clay Thompson didn't get injured, like how the Warriors would be right now, bro? Like. Honestly, right now they're what? Like they're the uh, sixth seed in the West. Seed, I feel like yeah. they would be easily in the top three right now, considering easily. the way the the way the Clippers are even playing right now. Um, I just feel like they definitely have a shot. They would have had a shot to get in there, but Salman nailed it right in the head there. Like they have players that just are not performing up to the standards outside of Curry, right? Um, I I love Curry. I don't dick ride as hard as Arvin, but like I love him. <laughs> uh, but I feel like Curry at this point he's averaging a lot of points just because he knows the dudes beside him are just bricking everything. Like he who shall not be named cannot hit anything right now. He can't even give you a steal. Can't even give you a block, man. Literally the worst player on fantasy. He went from the hottest guy in the league to the ugliest guy in the league really fast. Um, but yeah, Wiggins too. Wiggins is really up and down. He's not super consistent. The only real bright spot has been James Wiseman. Who's been their he's starting been center? He's looked really, really, really good. Along with the whole rookie class, I mean, we could honestly we could talk a whole segment on about like all the rookies. Like this year was supposed to be like the one draft that there weren't that many good prospects and all that. But like, yo, we have so many players that like just coming into the game now and they're just like really carrying their teams in certain uh, situations. Like we saw Tyrese Maxey what get forty points the other day. Thirty nine. Uh, Thirty nine. Like, what are some other other rookies that you guys really like? Oh, I mean. Look, uh, this was my pick for Rookie of the Year, and he had some struggles coming into the season. But to me, LaMelo Ball has been awesome on a team that's playing pretty well, surprisingly, right? It's not like it's Largely just because him. of him. 
largely because of him. But I, yep. I just yeah. thought there would have been some struggles there because it is a bit of a guard-heavy team, a perimeter-heavy team, right? They got Terry Rozier. They got uh, Devontae Graham. They got Gordon Hayward. I just thought there wouldn't have been enough of the ball to go around to for LaMelo to make an impact as a rookie this early on. But he's showing his impact. He's showing how important he is and why he needs the ball mm-hmm. in his hands. He's hands down the best playmaker on this team already. Ten games into the season, he he's been under and he's been the youngest player ever at 19 years and 180 days or something to to have a triple double in the league. That 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 is a very impressive feat. So I think this dude is getting comfortable now. He's getting comfortable with the shot, and he's only going to get better and better, especially for my fantasy. You lucky. No, I agree. I think the rookies, have, <laughs> the rookies have like really like overperformed compared to what they were. <laughs> like listed as people didn't expect this rookie class to be great but i, mm-hmm. I just want to say one more quick thing about steph curry fuck you clippers come back 38 points pg and Kawhi. screw you guys mvp steph, <laughs> bro that was insane he torched them dude he was getting triple teamed and this guy just said you know what fuck you i'm just leading my team to victory great performance love you steph okay to me anyway, that's, the, clippers. that's the most impressive thing to me it's like it's not like the, the other teams have to guard anyone else but him and he's still putting up 30. You know, that wasn't Bro. the case in years past in like his previous MVP seasons where, you know, there, he, they had, he had players to help him out. So it was, it was like, who, who do you double team, right? You can't double team Curry because mm-hmm. Clay and all these guys are going to get their shots open. And now it's like, well, he's getting double the triple team and he's still getting 30 points a game. And anyways, we're going to go on forever if we keep going on about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, bro, I've been waiting all week. I'm like, yo, the, like the disrespect was too real, and I was seeing this performance. Like, yo, he needs to get his due. But yeah, going back to the rookie thing, I, I like, I even like Sadiq Bay from Detroit. I think he's mm-hmm. been playing really well. Oh. Um, I was watching the games against uh, the Celtics and stuff like that, and they really didn't deserve to lose that game. Jason Tatum just hit a clutch shot, and the Pistons are there. They're just so close, and Jeremy Grant's been performing well as well. But, oh yeah, um, he's been playing really well for that team. So. They have some pieces. Another guy, Tyrese Halliburton, he played really well against us as well. He's so nice. He like for twelfth yeah. overall pick, I'm surprised he went that late. He just has length, bro, and he can just he plays with so much confidence. And it's not like he forces a lot of his shots. Like I've seen a, actually a few uh, uh, Sacramento Kings games, especially the one against the Raptors. He really just focuses on playmaking and all that, and he only takes his shots when he knows he's open. And that's something you love to see in a young player that iq that they don't have to take every single shot you know he doesn't care about his stats he just you know wants to help the team uh and for a 12th overall pick i think that's really really awesome for them i think for me the way Halliburns has played with it's his ability to control tempo i mean he's his shot has been so consistent which you mm-hmm. don't usually see from rookies right they usually shoot like low 40s high 30s and stuff mm-hmm. his shot selection has been awesome he's hitting his open shots he doesn't do anything wild i think Lamelo can tend to get a little bit crazy and flashy and wild and i think you've seen that a little bit from anthony edwards too the dude's playing like he's been in the league for like six seven years mm-hmm. that's the most impressive thing for me um and another guy who who's playing like he's been in the league for a long time and this is gonna this is so random but this this is a guy i have in my top three rookies right now is peyton pritchard from the boston celtics oh yes mm. yes, yes he just yes, had yes, a yes, he yes, just yes. had a game winner um very recently against miami and he also scored 23 against the the raptors uh just a week ago when they beat the raptors actually and he was he was their leading scorer he's a guy who just kind of come out of nowhere and obviously he's getting a little bit of run with um kemba walker being hurt it's giving him an opportunity yeah. to shine and his value will diminish a little bit as he returns i think kemba's ramping up his activity he'll be back soon but he's a guy who just came out of nowhere 
uh, a, a pretty low draft pick, but he's been surprisingly very, very good. He's he killed us too. He was killing us. Like him and Tatum were going off against the game against us, and he—that's the thing. I feel like this this uh, rookie class has so many guys in the late twenties. You know, even even Tyrese Maxey, you mentioned him earlier. Obviously, mm-hmm. Malachi Flynn. Even the guys in the top ten are really performing. I think the top three picks, none of them you could really say hasn't shown up shown up or lived to the promise. Anthony Edwards has been mm-hmm. phenomenal, bro. He had a, he had a bonehead mistake uh, last game, but mm-hmm. that's expected from a rookie. But I think it's about time that he starts for that team. I don't know why they keep bringing him off the bench. They need to yeah. start Anthony Edwards. He's only he's one of the few bright spots on that Minnesota team. So I've been really impressed with the rookie so far. And you know, considering that everyone kind of wrote them off, it's good to see that these guys are coming out to play and proving yeah. themselves. Really, I honestly feel like this year a lot of the coaching staffs for a lot of the teams like have been giving the rookies some run. You know, like usually you get these guys first year players they barely play this and that. But I don't know if it's due to certain situations or obviously. In Tyrese Maxey's case, just like the team not being able to play, but a lot of these guys are just getting opportunities to show themselves and just like getting, gaining their coach's confidence and just being able to get more minutes through that. And I mean, like, even for the Raptors, like Malachi Flynn, right? Like last game we saw, you know, he was five or six from the field, made his shots. He looked really good, you know, controlling the offense like that. And I feel like that's only going to add to that. I feel like we can add, maybe next week we'll be adding Malachi Flynn to the list of like the top rookies in that sense once he gets more mm-hmm. minutes. But I'm really excited, and I feel like this is the way the league needs to go. A lot of these players are really just coming into the league with a great skill set and more basketball IQ where they're, like, they're actually contributing to winning as opposed to just yeah. like being there and just you know doing whatever just to get their shots up and all that kind of stuff. I, I think because of one of the unfortunate... I mean, nothing good comes out of COVID. But one of the good things that's come out of COVID is, is opportunity for some of these guys, right? They, uh, NBA has allowed for bigger rosters as well uh, because of COVID, because of, you know, they were expecting all these suspensions and stuff. So it's it's given opportunity for some of these uh, rookies that previously we didn't even know about. Like, who was Peyton Pritchard? Who was Tyrese Maxey? I know we talked about Tyrese Maxey earlier, but yeah, uh, it's, it's given opportunity when these guys usually wouldn't have gotten that opportunity. Um, so I think it's a bit of both. I think opportunity is always good, but also I think these guys are just really good and no one expected them to be really good. A lot of that has to do with the NCAA season last year being postponed and shortened. We didn't actually get to see them play. We didn't get to see them develop. We didn't get to see them in the tournament, Mm -hmm. right? So it was hard for these teams to judge them. The only way they could judge them is by inviting them over and watching them do a bunch of drills. We didn't get to see them in games. Right. So we really had no idea who is good, who isn't good. That would have changed a lot of things in the NBA draft had the uh, NCAA tournament actually played out. So that, that was that's one of the, the reasons this NBA draft ended up being so interesting is because it was it, it was a bit of a wild pick since we didn't know how good these guys are going to be. And now we're seeing that, man, some of these guys that people were writing off are actually really good. And. I think it it also has a lot to do with how the league is now. There's a lot more spacing, a lot more jump shooting compared mm-hmm. to back then where... I, I don't remember a stretch. I think for the four, past four or five years, the rookies have really had an impact. Like starting from the Ben Simmons draft, ever mm-hmm. since then, all the rookies like Luka Doncic, the Cat, all these guys, right? there's, there's always been solid, solid rookies. And I think that comes down to a lot the way the game is played now as well. There's a lot more spacing and these rookies have the freedom to express themselves. It's not... You know the cliche, oh, it was a grown man's league back in my day, which it's not anymore. It's a young man's league, right? A lot of kids in the league at this point. Right, So right, they, get a, yeah. they get a chance to express themselves, be themselves right from the jump instead of 
having that phase where they're trying to fit into the NBA, where there's a bunch of old people they can't relate to. So I think that is a big factor overall. But like you said, I don't want to take away from the fact that at the end of the day, these guys are great players and it's fun to watch. I want to talk about some of these guys in terms of their fantasy impact, right? Because mm. usually Ooh. people are always kind of skeptical on, wait, how are rookies going to play out for fantasy? It's always it's always tough. It's it's always a big gamble. You have nothing to go off of. No previous stats, no projections, nothing to go off of. So where do you take them? It's, al- it's always a big risk. Um, and this year, it's been surprising. Um, we have a lot of good rookies giving us a decent fantasy impact. I mean, uh, if if people who know me know, I always go heavy on the rookies. Um, mm-hmm. So this year, I've got I've got a whole bunch of them. I mean, uh, I drafted Killian Hayes in one of my leagues, who I think has been the biggest disappointment for me. I thought in Detroit he'd get a lot more run, and did he, he has been get getting injured? a run. Yeah, he's injured. He did, I think yeah. he he did get injured, but even before then, he was putting up a few duds. So I ended up dropping him anyways, even before he got injured. Uh, but I think that's okay. still a guy who's gonna get better as the season progresses. A lot of these guys struggle. Uh, especially because he played internationally, didn't play in North America. So I think he's he's going to get better in the second half of the season. I'm going to keep my eye out for him. Um, one guy who I picked up uh, two weeks ago, exactly two weeks ago, actually on this podcast was Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Um, You're gonna keep bringing well, that up, aren't you? Just to I gotta bring him up because he's oh, been putting up yeah. numbers, man. He just scored twenty plus twenty twenty seven points the other day for me. Um, Carl Anthony Towns just came back, so it's it's to be seen how that's gonna impact his uh, usage rates. But Anthony Edwards, obviously being the number one pick, um, has been putting up good numbers. Only thing holding him back maybe is maybe playing be- behind and beside D'Angelo Russell, who's a very ball dominant player. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a special shout out to. Uh, Danny Ev- Avdija, I think that's how you say his name. Um, Ad- Ad- I think Avdija. 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 The J is Av- silent, I think. Is it silent? Yeah, okay. Silent. Oh, yes. um, he, he's been surprisingly like good. <laughs> no? No. I don't, I don't get I, it. I tried. I tried. I, I don't get it. I laughed. Um, I laughed. <laughs> Thanks, Nash. I love you. <laughs> Wait, doesn't lasagna have a G? I know. I was just trying to just silence and J and a G and whatever, man. Whatever. Let it go. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still laugh. I, I, I can't take. I can't take back my my laugh. So you still got something out of Yo, me. But, you, but yeah. no. But 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 you didn't even understand that his joke didn't make sense. Yo, he can a man laugh joke, for the right? sake like, of laughing? All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll let him have it. I'll let him have it. I'll let him have it. It's a tough time. All right. Yeah. All right. Can a man smile these days? I know. Sounds so negative. Bro, I just, I just literally sat there for thirty seconds. I'm like, what does that mean? What, what, <laughs> <laughs> where did the, where did the G, where did the J come from in lasagna? I just, I, I had to, I fucking googled it. I had to no, Google how to spell lasagna. <laughs> I was so confused. Bro, in Israel, lasagna has a J, bro. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Lasagna. Oh, hey, that's what we're calling lasagna. him now. Israel lasagna. That's what I'm calling him from now. I'm Israel calling lasagna. Him Israel lasagna. That's what I'm calling him. Daniel and that's Abisha, how the nickname Israel was born. lasagna. All right, the one who should not be named and Israel lasagna. But look, Israel lasagna, I think that it a lot has to do with him playing in Washington and Washington scoring like 175 points a game. But he's been putting up good numbers, like good percentages, lots of threes, and they're giving him a lot of ball handling duties when Westbrook's on the bench. So he's been getting like three, four, five assists a game as well. So that's my big shout out. If he's not picked up in your league, go out and get him he's a guy you might want to hold on to he's going to have a couple of duds here and there but i think as the season progresses he's only going to get better and better and better mm-hmm. yeah i mean like him for me i i picked up uh tyrese Halliburton, like i said 
And he's one of those players, like a lot of these guys, like in certain situations, like Tyree, for example, he's not starting, right? He's not getting um, uh, starting minutes. But, you know, when you visually see these guys play, you know that, you know, they're going to start getting more minutes throughout the year. They're gaining more of their coach's confidence. Uh, and when I watch Tyree's play, I see this guy as like a potential star kind of player. So it's nice to kind of like go ahead and like watch some of these games with these rookies play. And if you see something there, go ahead and pick them up, right? I'm sure a lot of rookies aren't really... Uh, highly like rostered in all of leagues so you might find a few like you know players that you can just pick up now maybe hold if they're not playing too good and maybe later in the year like a Killian Hayes right I'm pretty sure he has like that starting point guard job in Detroit so when he starts you know getting used to the system and playing better then you can go pick that guy up or put him into your starting lineup and rock with him there Um, but yeah I mean like, like end of the day when it comes to fantasy if you can find these guys in the waiver wire and you know they somehow like turn into like a top 50 top 100 type of player that could honestly win you the whole league by the end of the year so i think yeah I think that's uh, what it comes down to finding those like undrafted gems or guys you don't think are gonna you know perform above their adp that's that's what mm-hmm. really wins you the league i'm surprised yeah. you guys haven't you guys haven't bought up cole anthony um markel Fultz got injured so he's a starting point guard in orlando Right, and he was yeah. a hot waiver wire pickup. I was gonna pick him up, but that was really gonna mess with my percentages. That's why I know yeah. like he's gonna put up numbers, but his percentages are gonna be really shoddy because even the games he did play, his percentages weren't really good. And now his his volume's gonna go up. He's gonna put points. He's gonna put up assists, all that stuff. But if that's something you need for your team, that's definitely something. You know, he's definitely a hot pickup. I think he was like number one in trending for the waiver wire pickup. So if he's still available, which I don't think he's going to be, if anyone's playing fantasy, yeah. I don't think Cole Anthony would be available. But if he's, you should go mm-hmm. pick him up. Another guy, he's not a rookie, but DeAndre Hunter, bro, has been mm. phenomenal. Baller. Phenomenal. I picked him up like two weeks. He averages like 20, like he has like 18 points, four threes, gets the rebounds. And with Atlanta, the offense is free-flowing, right? So he's getting a lot mm-hmm. of touches and making a lot of those buckets. So he's somebody I will say... You definitely have to pick up. Yo, he, he's been you, you phenomenal. Tra- you trying to trade him, bro? For uh, he who <laughs> shall not be named? <laughs> mm. Good luck. I don't know, bro. Something, something to consider. He, he, hey, he who he, shall he, not he, be he's named still... is—he's <laughs> pretty shy right now. But hey, you never know. You could get I'll things going. You, so I'll trade you Devonte Graham for who he who must not be named. You dropped Devonte Graham. <laughs> I've seen him in I'll the waiver wire up. for like a week. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pick him up and just. To tra- I'm not trading DeAndre Hunter for. He who must Honestly, not be named, bro. Are you kidding me? Devontae Graham's been pretty shut too, so we should say he shall not be named as well. Like they've both <laughs> these two players have been such a letdown in fantasy. My God. Uh, <laughs> one's, yeah. one's Dumbledore and the other one's uh, he who must not be named. <laughs> honest, honest to God, man. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're gonna wrap it up here, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, if you guys wanna see more of our content, we have a lot. We have an Instagram page at Three Men Zone. We post a lot of funny stuff. And we, you know, we put up the stories in it as well. And at Twitter, through Men's Zone as well. And um, make sure you guys follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and subscribe to our podcast. We come out with some episodes every week. But yeah, that's going to be it. Take care, guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.